Hello there, welcome to Driven Celebrities. I'm Andy J. This is the podcast companion to my weekly radio show, Driven, which you can hear on Talk Radio, which is a celebrity chat show. It's the show that talks to celebrities about what drives them. It's here to kind of bring a little bit of sunshine into your life every week, where we just remind ourselves that, you know, even if you're rich and famous, you still get warts, you still get down, and you find a way to just kind of keep going. That's the hope, anyway. I hope we'll um, spread a bit of joy into your week. And if you can't catch the show at the weekend on Talk Radio, that's what we're for here. I tell you what, we've got some really wonderful celebrities lined up for you over the course of this season. And by the way, we've got a really fun way of recording with them as well. If we, if we don't get them on the phone, we use our really special toy, our driven truck. This is a truck that we've converted that transforms into a studio, a TV studio and a radio studio. And it's very simple. If the celebrity can't come to us, we can bring the show to them, wherever they may be, chilling on the beach, hanging out at home, at work, wherever. We can go to them. Let me give you some of the names that we've got coming up anyway, because I'm really thrilled by some of the celebrities that have agreed to come on the show. Names like Catherine Jenkins, Emily Atak, Katie Mellower. Marcus Bridgestock, Ben Aldridge, Gabby Logan, Nigel Havers, Kelvin Fletcher, Beverly Knight, Nico Rosberg, Judge Rinder, Phyllis Logan, Brian McFadden, Jamie Lang, Mr. Motivator, Michael Smiley. Oh my goodness, I could keep going. In fact, I I could keep going because we've been really, really busy and we've got lots and lots of people to chat to. So thank you for your company. We'd love it if you can give us a rating and a review. And of course, we have an automotive spin-off as well because we play on the word driven. This show, Driven Celebrities, is about the celebrities, and we have the Driven Chat podcast, which is all about cars and driving. We've got a really great team of automotive lovelies that we chat to each week, so if cars are your thing, check out the Driven Chat podcast. For now, here's a a little sting to dazzle you. Here we go. Ready? Driven with Andy J. (laughs) Hey, listen, thank you so much for taking the time to download. I hope we bring some joy to your life. We really appreciate it. And if you make this a weekly thing, well, let's have some fun together, hey? Okay, then let's tuck in, shall we? The first ever Driven Celebrities podcast. So who is it? Who can we hear? Well, I'll tell you what, this was first broadcast on Talk Radio on the show Driven um, at the very end of June 2020. And... It's going to be interesting how this works, because obviously on the radio, we're allowed to play little bits of music, a few seconds of music before you have to start worrying about royalty rights and and all the rest of it. That's different for podcasts. You can't really play tunes. So today's two guests are both musicians, both musical superstars. The first one is Harry Judd. He's the drummer from McFly, who also won Strictly Come Dancing and uh, and just is a a very lovely, well-known man. And of course, this interview, when it was first broadcast, was peppered with little clips from McFly and McBusted, etc. You won't hear those in this pod, I'm afraid. It's all about the chat, (laughs) none of the extras. And then my next guest, and this is even more pertinent, is the wonderful Beverly Knight. And of course, that had lots and lots of lovely singing moments um, from some of her hits. And indeed, when she performed at the West End, she she played in The Bodyguard. She did the Whitney Houston role. And, uh, you know, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that now. And obviously, apologies for attempting to sing to you on the first pod. Please don't let that put you off. (laughs) Anyway, it's Harry Judd, Beverly Knight, and then the last thing you'll hear is my wonderful trio of automotive amigos who are just, oh, I love them. They're great, and I hope you think they're fabulous too. They're the stars of the Driven Chat podcast, incidentally. If cars are your thing, check that one out. Should we dive in? This is the first ever Driven Celebrities with me, Andy J. and once again, thank you very much for your company. I hope you enjoy. Driven with Andy J. 
Driven with Andy J on Talk Radio in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Okay, hello, here we go. It's me, Andy J. I'm back on Talk Radio, and this is Driven. Absolutely thrilled to be here. Now, what is Driven? Well, I can tell you, it's not just a radio show, although, of course, we'll be bringing you 60 minutes of celebrities every single week. It is also two TV shows and a podcast. Now, what does all that mean? Well, let me tell you a little bit of something special, okay? Each week, we are going to be putting a superstar celebrity into a supercar that transforms into a TV studio. I know, right? Sounds crazy, hey? Well, you'll be able to see that on the Sun Online at drivenchat.com and various other outlets. Plus, we'll also be driving real-life supercars, charging them around and having fun in them in our Driven Features. And you'll be able to listen to an extra special Driven podcast each week, which is the best bits of this show and then a whole heap of extra automotive content. So what is this show, this bit, the radio show? Well, this is Driven, where we talk to celebrities and A-listers and high achievers, and we ask them what drives them, what makes them want to do amazing things, inspiring opportunities, and be the best they can be. We also talk to them about their challenges and the issues they face in their world. And I hope you're going to find this a really gripping and engaging 60 Minutes every week. And who are today's guests? Well, we thought we'd start with a bang. We have Harry Judd from McFly and, of course, winner of Strictly Come Dancing and Singing Sensation. She sung with Prince, she sung with Stevie Wonder and many, many more. The wonderful Beverly Knight. They are my first guests for this, the first show of Driven on Talk Radio with me. Andy J. Driven with Andy J on Talk Radio in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Driven with Andy J. You're listening to Driven here on Talk Radio with me, Andy J, and it's time to get into my first guest, Mr. Harry Judd, star of McFly, Strictly Come Dancing, an all round lovely man. Harry, how are you doing? How are you finding lockdown? I can't really complain because. And many, many other people have had it a lot tougher than, than we have. When I say we, obviously, McFly boys, we, there's been, a, I'm not going to lie, an element of disappointment. We were we were supposed to be going to South America, and then we had our UK tour, and then all the festivals, obviously. But, you know, I think in situations like this, with the most extreme situation, obviously, a lot of us have ever been in, it's like completely out, out of our control, and there's nothing you can do, so you just kind of have to quickly accept it and move on. I mean, when you look at the timeline of, of your career, because you started so young, you know, you were, you were just a bunch of lads when McFly started and you had this amazing success and so much followed. It wasn't just about performing music. You were also in TV shows and you were in films and you were doing all kinds of different things. And then, of course, the band had a bit of a break, had a short pause, and, and you almost immediately threw yourself into going on Strictly Come Dancing, which, of course, you won, which was amazing. I guess the point I'm getting to is... You're not someone that is used to inactivity. You're always on the go. Yeah, that's true. And, and it's something I struggle with. And actually, the second part of my kind of adult life is there's been a lot of kind of moments of inactivity, you know. Um, we asked Strictly, we did some touring, and then we did McBusted. And then after that, there was quite a big gap. I mean, I had children, which kept me busy. But, yeah, I personally find it quite hard not when I'm not busy. Um and yeah, so it's um, for me, it's realizing because from the age of 17 to like 29, 30, I was just so busy. And 
suddenly when it stops, you think, oh, I've got to love a break. But when it, after a few months, you're just like, uh, what am I doing? What is the, what is, what is the purpose of life? Like you start to think all these things. So for me, it's, it, you know, really realizing that I have to keep myself structured, keep myself busy, have a focus, stay present, you know, all those things. Yeah, I mean, a break is fine if it's on your terms, isn't it? But when it's when it's something that's been forced on you, like we're all going through right now, it's it's very challenging. Have have you found during this period that you've sort of set yourself at least a routine? You know, is there something that you're being kind of regimented about just to kind of keep yeah. yourself on a level? Yeah, and exercise massively helps me with that. So uh, me and my wife just kind of take it in turns each day. Um, so one of us will do some exercise in the morning whilst the other one's with the kids. And then trying to, when I'm with the kids, trying to stay fully focused on them and not have kind of external distractions, which I'm not going to lie, like I'd, I'd fail at, you know, this, it's off our phones are constantly beeping at us. and um, But, yeah, trying to give the children time and then, so yeah, exercise, time with the children, and then time to yourself. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, with an hour a day of exercise, yeah, around that, if you're at home. So it's kind of been, yeah, trying to get into some sort of routine. But not always, I mean, I'm not going to lie, there's been many afternoons where Izzy and I have just put on a film for the kids. Just like, oh, God, just just whack on Moana for the 1,500 times. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we've, we've also been, I mean, we've been, we've been, we've been creating this imaginative play pack, um, We've teamed up with Soltan, and it was quite fitting, really. They asked us to come up with this play pack to come up with creative ideas for children um, to help children get creative and use their imagination. And it really was ideal for us because it gave us the chance to think really hard about different things we could do with our kids, test it out on them. And so, yeah, that that's been really helpful. And, and also seeing this research about um, you know how how other parents have been struggling to keep their kids entertained and how half of UK families have, have admitted that children are spending more and more time indoors since lockdown made us realise, okay, we're not the only ones struggling here. And so, yeah, we've been doing what we can to, to keep the kids busy, keep them active, keep them creative. Do you know, that's really nice to hear. And, I, and I, I don't mean this to sound kind of condescending in any way. I'm a dad myself. I'm quite a bit older than you, obviously. But to hear that you've actually been actively involved in this pack, because when I read the information about it, I thought this sounds really lovely and you're probably just the celebrity names that will help get it out there. But actually, if you've been testing it yourself and you've been involved in it from inception, that's that's great to hear. That's not just an endorsement. Oh, me and, that's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and Izzy literally have been, when the kids have been going to bed, we've been sat down. It's given us a focus as well. You know, we sat down and come up with a long list of, of ideas and, and then made that shortlist. And, and yeah, we've come up with, with well, it's, it's, four, it's in four sections. So there's about uh, 12 to 15 different activities that we've come up with um, that we felt were the most effective ones that we tried with the children. And, um, yeah, it's been it's been fun and it's been rewarding. And, and I find that it's, it's enabled, it's given me a focus with the kids, not just sort of standing in, in the garden or in the park with them just watching them play or doing the same old thing. It's, it's, it's given, it's been fun for, for us as well. Let's talk a little bit, if it's okay with you, about Strictly Come Dancing. I know that's kind of delving into the annals of time for you now because it was several years ago. But nonetheless, you went out there, you smashed it, you won the thing because you started off doing the, um, the comic relief version, didn't you? And sort of, you had a taster for it. Yes. 
Yeah, well, I, yeah, I did it. I think it was Children in Need. Children actually, in Need, yeah, sorry. It may have been Children in Need, but I'm not sure. Um, but, I, yeah, I did that, had a taster, and thought, I'm never doing that ever again. Because it was the most terrifying experience of my life. And then they asked me back to do the main show, and I was kind of, I just kept saying no. I just kept saying no. I was like, just remembering those minutes build up before the live, you know, Children Need special I did. And I was just like, that was horrific that was so terrifying i never want to have to experience that again plus that was a pre-record it wasn't even live so knowing that doing the main strictly live show was going to be live 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 you know so i eventually got persuaded by mainly by tom um and, and my manager and obviously i don't regret it but it was it was one it was a huge challenge um more than anything not just the learning to dance that was pretty stressful because you had that, the, the you had this the routine of, you know, Sunday was a bit of a day off. But I I rehearsed on a Sunday. I was the only one that year that would rehearse. I didn't have a family then, so I would just get try and get a head start. And you know, you to build up each week of like trying to learn the dance, trying to make it look good, and then the stress of the, the Saturday coming. And so yeah, it was a very consuming period of my life. But ultimately. It was worth it. And I think that my main takeaway from Strictly was two things, was to never shy away from a challenge. I was proud that I said yes, and I did it, because then the the results were good. And then also, anything I do now, post-Strictly, that I'm nervous, or I think, oh, God, this is so nerve-wracking, I think nothing can be as bad as Strictly. If you can do Strictly Come Dancing final live, then you can do anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how are they going to do it this time out, though? Because you, you can't really do Strictly Come Dancing with social distancing, can you? I don't see how you, you can. I mean, there... No, I mean, I can't think of a single... I mean, there are some of the Latin dancers they do side by side and they don't have to go and hold together. But the only way I can imagine them doing it is if they... Whoever's paired up, they, they go into a bubble, you know? Mm. So the pro dancer becomes part of that the celebs family bubble and that that will wreak even more havoc with uh, <laughs> with potential you know unrest amongst you know what i'm alluding to <laughs> yeah absolutely the tabloids <laughs> the rumors but i can only imagine that yeah the, they could do sort of bubbles you know each each pro joins the family bubble and, and vice versa i, I don't know I mean, that would have been... The family bubble is quite interesting. You're talking about the pro dancer moving in with the wife and kids. <laughs> yeah, that could be know, great right? fun. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's also the, the family of the pro dancers. So it's like those, those families becoming one unit, maybe, for the, for the entire period whilst they're in the show. It's a bit like house swap, but you keep both the families in the houses at the same time. Yeah, keep them all together. They could be a, like you have a, the reality show on the side maybe yeah the spin-off i mean hey listen let's see if we can sell it it's a good idea yeah i think that's a good idea yeah it's largely yours we'll go 80 20 how does that sound (laughs) (laughs) it could work now harry the show is called driven and and that's partly to do with we love talking to people of of note people of success people of celebrity about what drives them and you know I've, i've sort of already listed off so many of your achievements you've done so many different things what is it that keeps you going what is it that gets you up in the morning and just inspires you to carry on? Because a lot of what you do, as you've alluded to, involves a fair amount of nerves, putting yourself in a situation where, actually, it's quite frightening. I think the main thing that inspires me, I, I, I genuinely consider myself 
fortunate, like very lucky to, to be in the position I'm in because the, the thing that inspires me the most is the, the people around me. So my, my bandmates, we're all in it together. Um, you know, the hardest thing I've done in my career is anything that when you're on your own, you know, and, and facing things on your own. So being around, surrounding yourself with inspiring people, like my bandmates, incredibly talented and driven individuals that, that kind of inspire me to to keep wanting to do it. And also people that I just love and get on with so well. It's, it's just fun. It's just so fun. So that's the one thing I'm most grateful for. Putting aside any of our success is the one thing I always take away or say to people is I spend 90% of my time just laughing when I'm, you know, being in a band. And so if you can achieve that, then I'm, well, I, I don't know if you, how you can achieve that in many jobs, but it is, that's why I just feel so grateful. And, and there's no question of keeping going. It's, it's just, I love it. So, um, and I love it because they're just, you know, great mates and, and, very talented people to be around. So I guess it's a bit of insecurity as well that keeps me going because it's that thing of like, I need to be better. I need to keep practicing my instrument. I need to keep, you know, we're going out on tour soon. I need, that's a, a goal I have. I need to make sure I'm good enough. And I think all of us in the band feel that slightly. Same thing with Strictly Come Dancing, that that fear of want, not wanting to be bad at something and, and that fear of, you know, I don't know if this is a good thing to live by, but it is partly that fear of, a failure and that fear of not being good enough that drives me, I guess, as well. Harry, thank you very much for coming on and talking to us today. Of course, if anyone's interested, we haven't said how they can get hold of the Imaginative Play Pack, and that's via Boots.com, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's a free download on Boots.com. So, you know, if you are struggling for ideas, keep the kids creative, get their imaginations running wild, then do check out the Play Pack that me and my wife Izzy put together. It's, it's available at boots.com. Thanks, Harry. Now, next up here on Talk Radio, Beverly Knight. Talk Radio. Driven with Andy J on Talk Radio in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Welcome to Driven here on Talk Radio. I'm Andy J and I am so excited. I have a soul queen singing sensation joining me on the show. Now, the wonderful, the resplendent, the amazing Beverly Knight. How are you doing, Beverly? I am grand. What an introduction. <laughs> I'm good. I am so thrilled to be talking to you. I mean, you must hear this constantly, and apologies if I sound like something you've heard a million times before, but my goodness me, your voice is phenomenal. Thank you. And, and you know what? I appreciate it. I appreciate it any time and every time someone's kind enough to say that, because people don't have to say it, so... You know, I, I really appreciate it. Thank but you. But it's so true, Beverly. I mean, of course, we're all we're all familiar with your recording career and everybody's used to hearing you in the charts, etc. But actually when you hear you live, which I have been lucky to do on a couple of occasions, that's when you that's when you really open up. You have that's, got that's, some vocals on you. Oh, thank you. That's that's I really love. Just being in front of an audience, mic, you know, it's it's as real as it gets and, and I just love it. If I'm doing my own gig, oh you know, complete freedom. I can have a song, I can remix a song on stage, I can edit it, uh, you know, segue it into something else and, you know, do the old um, do the old Robbie Williams, throw the mic out to everyone, get them to sing along. You have the freedom to do that. But in the West End show, in a theatre show, you, you have a set way of doing things and you have to hit that set way every single yeah. night. There's not a lot of room for variation. 
although there is there's room for nuance but not massive variation so it, it just it requires different disciplines to do different things but i love it all <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, uh, the show is called Driven. It's about what drives people, what gets people to get up in the morning and achieve and do yeah. great things. And, and so obviously I'm really keen to sort of talk about these different disciplines because, you know, sometimes you talk to a band that's been on tour, for example, and they've played the same set list for, you know, 200 gigs and it is, it, it becomes going through the motions, but they... The more you talk to people of, of prominence like yourself, the more you realise that actually, whilst you might be playing the same set every night, it's a new audience, it's new ears, new eyes every time. And therefore yeah. you, can't, you can't just kind of busk it, as it were. That's right. Every single gig, um, you may have a set list, which is, you know, that is, it is what it is. But because you've got um, new audiences every night, they bring their own energy, you know? And you go around different cities and you realize that certain cities have their own characteristics. So if I'm playing um, Birmingham, I know the audience is gonna be really listening intently. But if I play Liverpool, they're listening, but they're yelling all the way through their wow. life. We love you, we think you're great. I was the worst Scouse accent in the world. <laughs> but you know what I mean? All the Scouse it was, like, it was. It was pretty shocking, Beverly. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat that one for you. <laughs> you bring, because they have their own energy, you know, it, it infuses you in a different way. So every night is, is a different experience. And, and that's part of the excitement of why, why you want to get out there, why you want to play live as much as you can. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that, of course, is, is very apparent when it's your gig for your fans playing your songs and your hits. But, yeah. but it's a different thing for the musical, isn't it? Because people are coming to see the story. They're coming to see the group, yes. the ensemble. And, but again, you know, you're doing this night in, night out, sometimes more than one show a day. And mm -hmm. you're, you're having to step into another character. You know, that, now yeah. I imagine that is quite difficult. I mean, that, that, presumably if you know, okay, oh, that's the emotional one now, I'm going to have to go on stage and cry for a bit or whatever it might be. You know, that, there must be times when that's a bit like, oh, get the tears ready. You know, it's funny because I find that even though you're playing someone who is obviously not yourself, you're stepping into that role. The minute the lights go on, you are that person. You become, whether they're fictional or not or whatever, you become that person and you you go through the whole arc as they call it of that person's journey in the show you go through it with them bit by bit step by step so there's a bit where Frank Farmer when Rachel Marin and Frank Farmer have to do the inevitable goodbye and you know I will always love you is going to come up next and yeah and the, and the audience is like, hang on, hang on, we know what's coming we know it's the hit right it's the and they're all waiting and you see all the women on the front row are like <laughs> that bit, I'm genuinely gutted that I have to say goodbye to Frank Farmer. I'm wow. gutted. I have to be gutted because, you know, I know that I need that in order to sing I Will Always Love You and to not make it sound like I've just climbed aboard the karaoke for a night and I'm going <laughs> to absolutely wreck this song. So you need to bring that. So what it means is, at the end of a show every night, you are shattered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I bet. You're going on journeys every time. You feed off audiences in the various yeah. different 
you know, genres that you're working in, that, that's yeah. a given. But that's not a day-to-day, everyday. You're not always on tour. You're not always no. singing to the West End. Right now, theatres are shut. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll, we can talk yeah. about that. But, but, you know, what is it that gets you in the morning? Do you, do you have mornings where you're just like, just no, I'm not into this? Or are you always <laughs> like, actually, I'm Beverly Knight. This is, this is good. We're cool. Do you know something? Usually, I'm like, okay, it's a new day. Let's get up. I'll get my, my workout done. I always work out first thing in the morning. And what's the day going to bring me today? Yesterday, I'll be perfectly honest, I woke up and um, it was lovely and sunny and my body just felt tired. So it was like, it's a leg day today. Oh, God, that <laughs> means the barbell on and load it up and, you know, and I'm just, ah. Oh. And yesterday, everything, my workout just felt hard. And then I finished my workout and then it started to rain and I was like, oh, okay, okay, then I see what's happening here. It's one of those days, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, you sometimes do have those days, but most days, the thing that kind of makes me go ping in the morning is just the gratitude. I'm so, I'm so happy to have the kind of life that I've got. I've got this, you know, I've got this nice apartment. We've got the back garden, which is where I do all my workouts. And um, I get to sing. Even though I'm not in front of an audience, I get to do things that are related to music. Yeah. I get to create. I get to write songs, you know. I get to dream up all kinds of things. And that that is a really wonderful, wonderful gift to have because i know there's lots of people out there who love that kind of a life and and don't have it so um i take every morning and just before i work out and just go through my gratitude list in my head you know the things that i'm grateful for and that's how i press on with with my days I love most it. days i love it i love it well you <laughs> use it was a bit like <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we all have days like that beverly you used the word gift and I think, yeah. you know, what I, I guess what I want to ask you is, you know, we've talked about, you, you know, I think you've got an incredible voice. I'm not alone in that. The public have proven <laughs> that to you time and again. It is this phenomenal talent. I, I'm not saying that you haven't worked on it. I'm not saying that you haven't earned your amazing position as, as, as where you are. But, but you have a natural talent. You have something that, that most of the public have not been born with. You know, we haven't right. been bought with this phenomenal voice, and I know you have crafted it into the instrument that it is now, but mm -hmm. there is still a, a natural talent there, a natural gift. Is that something that you're aware of on a sort of constant... Because I have no talents, right, Beverly? <laughs> There's nothing that I can say about myself that I'm always like, hey, do you know what? Even if I'm having a tough day, I've got this. You know, I got it, I got this, great. You know, I don't have phenomenal hair, I don't have rippling muscles, I don't have any sort of talent oh, or, no. or any actual skill. <laughs> But you, you have you this... You have a skill for interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's true, actually. But the fact is, you know, you do have this natural gift. And, it, and, and so that's what I'm wondering is, if people that are blessed with this phenomenal, innate, natural talent, are you always aware of that? Or because you've always had it, it's just, well, yeah, yeah, I can sing. You know, yeah, of course. I am... That's a brilliant question. When I was very little, and I mean three, four years of age, Growing up in a household where my dad sang all the time while he was working, he was a builder, and my mum sang in church, and my older sister would sing in church, and um, even before my little brother was born, 
I grew up surrounded by voices. So I sang. They all looked at me like, oh, okay, there's a big old voice coming out of that child. But yeah. I never thought about it. I just opened my mouth and there it was. The first time I realised that I even had a gift was when I went to school and you'd have your assemblies and that and right. you'd have to sing the songs and you'd, old school, you'd have to sing the hymns before you, you know, the headmaster came and, 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 and bored you for 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> and, and then I looked around and thought, but they're not singing the right notes. I don't get it. My, my mind just, I couldn't understand. That was when I realised, ah, you have something which is different from the others. You, right. you can sing and you can hear notes, you know, yeah. in, in, in where they should be. Um, and then obviously as I, as I got older, um, I realised just how precious that was and how I had the responsibility to use it and look after it. But in my day-to-day, -day, I don't really... God, this sounds bad. I don't really think about it. I guess until I start singing, like along with uh, sing along with an advert, you know? <laughs> I, that is typical me. If an advert is a musical advert, I have to join in, and that's Brilliant. when I'm like, "Oh yeah, you sing, don't you?" Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. See if I if I had your voice, I'd, I mean, firstly, it'd be very weird in my body, but you know, that's that's okay. <laughs> I I still love it. I'd do nothing but sing. I mean, that would just be, I would all, because it's, you know, that's your skill. I mean, phenomenal. Apart from the fact that you're also lovely. I mean, I didn't know this about you until we started chatting. What a joy you are to be able to speak to. Now, Beverly, what. No, it's, it's just true. You're, one of the things that I, I do know about you is that you are a, a colossal Stevie Wonder fan. Oh, man. I mean, he just turned 70 this year, yeah. and we all. I got to meet and touch genius, and because. He doesn't see, he felt me, you know? He, yeah. he didn't know, obviously, what I looked like, but he, he kind of examined me by, you know, touching my hand and moving his hand around mine to get an idea of the kind of person I was. And I was like, Stevie, what does touching my hand? Wow. Stevie, what? I mean, <laughs> an absolute living genius and just created some of the most enduring songs in our lifetimes and you know beyond our lifetimes just an incredible and phenomenal and a man who is completely aware of his talents but still with the humility yeah i can't say enough about meeting stevie wonder and then having the joy and the privilege of singing some of his songbook last year and and, and touring it and that was as a gift yeah. Absolute gift. I mean, really was. I love the man. I do. I'm with oh. you. I'm with you. He's an absolute, absolute legend. He's phenomenal. Yeah. No, we're, we're on the same page when it comes to Stevie Beverly. What a guy. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. We've been talking about gigging and obviously we know the world is on pause right now, but you, yes. I'm pleased to say, are still performing. We've got the Henley Festival coming up, which is, I, I believe the, the term is a digital. It's the digital concert. Which is quite cool. Yes. I, I'm just checking my notes because I didn't want to get that wrong. Digital concert no. makes it sound like it's super cool. But this, this, hey, there's some cool performers here. This is in the 12th of July. It's going to be a big, it's going to be a big gig. It's going to be beautiful. You know, Henley, everybody knows about, you know, the regatta and everything. And you go down and you spend the day or a couple of days or, or have your weekend 
and and it's all gorgeous and then at the end of it you know you've got this fabulous festival and um you know they didn't want coronavirus to be the reason why it was just like okay right cancelled you know yeah so many things are cancelled so many things are on pause and um us in the entertainment industry we still want to entertain exactly. in any way we can and it's not just you know a financial thing it's it's an inherent need it, it, you know to be in, it, we show up we show off. We show off. We do what we do. Yeah. You know. Um, so I'm so glad that I get the chance to, um, you know, still sort of kind of be in front of an audience and and perform for them via a screen, but it's still a performance. Hey, listen, we'll still be yeah. watching. Brilliant. It'd be gorgeous. It's going to be a great gig. I mean, it's it's yourself. Yeah. Will Young's playing as well. Yeah. You know, Rory Bremner's going to be doing some impressions, telling some jokes. Yeah. Fantastic. What more do you need? Well, exactly, exactly. I think this has been such a, not only a bizarre time in human history, I think I think we can say that because yeah. there has never been a time For sure. where the entire world has had to grind to a halt, as it were. Um, so this is so bizarre. It's been turbulent for a lot of people yeah. it's been very stressful uh you know people worried about their futures and what have you so this is where people like me come to the fore to be the morale boosters to be the cheerleaders you know to say to everyone it's gonna be all right yeah. you know it, i promise you gonna win but it's gonna be okay so this is where we we get to do our our jobs and and um bring it on i'm i'm just thrilled to be a part of it bring it on fill our lives with song yeah. beverly and just hey listen just hearing beverly knight say it's gonna be okay has, has made my day so that's me set <laughs> i feel fully reassured the, the government should get you in you should just be employed yeah. to say that to everyone maybe go door to door and say it's, it's gonna be okay you know, and they're just, it feels good. Beverly, you've been such a sensational guest. Oh. I'm a huge fan and I'm absolutely honoured to bits that you've come on the show. So thank you so much for joining us. Driven with Andy J on Talk Radio in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. You're listening to Driven here on Talk Radio. I'm Andy J and it is that time of the show where I'm really, really pleased to say we have a slight change of gear. Now I'm happy to say I have three other superstars in the studio with me, but they're superstars for a different reason. These are superstars from the automotive world. They are the veritable Avengers of the automotive scene. And if you disagree with me, they will come and fight you. So let me tell you who we've got to my left. I have, he's an automotive journalist, he's an all-round hero, and he's an freakishly handsome man. It's Mr. John Quirk. Hey, Andy J. Pleasure to be here, my friend. It's lovely to have you here, Captain, although, you know, I'm going to sit further away from you so I look a little more handsome. The more I distance <laughs> myself from you, the, the slightly more attractive I can look. Uh, then we have the most attractive member of the group, although I, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that now. It's John Marker! Ah, you're I, uh, that was a curveball. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. But you are kind. <laughs> That's why I threw it I'm in. I'm not going to disagree either. No, no. I mean, everyone else is shaking their heads and the crowd gathered behind the glass. Amy's walked out. Bye. <laughs> and you've just used the magic word there. Amy Shaw is also in the house. She makes up our, what, what do you call, what is, is it quadruplet? 
Quartet. 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 That's a much Quartet. better. Yeah, that's the appropriate word. Go to the journalist for the right word. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like a new Il Devo. <laughs> it's just actually occurred to me that we've got a, we've got a really good combination of people, bar me, I should say, because when we get stuck for words, we've got an actual journalist that writes things and you know spelling and you know grammar. We can refer to John. We've got probably the most famous photographer in the UK, Amy, who we, yep. we, when we need to take a nice photo, we'll just go, Amy, could you <laughs> just show me how to make this look pretty, please? Um, I don't know what I bring to the table at all. Well, other you're than... the beautiful face of the group of us, so, you know, that makes my job a lot easier. <laughs> That's kind. That is kind. Although, I, I, even that, I feel oversold. Well, the other lovely thing about Mr. Markar over here is that, so we have, as we've established, we have an automotive journalist, we have an automotive photographer, I'm just a broadcaster, and then we have a man with car in his surname. So you are, you are here true. by birthright, John. It is true. It is true. And I, get, I still get asked very often by people both in automotive industry or by friends or people you meet in the pub so you work with cars you have a vested interest in cars and you have car in your surname and is it real it's i promise you it's real it's real i love it just like i'm lord j so let's also have a little a little chat about what we're doing so every week once you've heard from the celebrities in the in the body of the show at the end of every show each week um we four will show up and have a little bit of a giggle about some interesting car stories of the week but it'll be stuff that if you have no interest in cars i still hope you will be interested and engaged in if you do have an interest and passion for cars we have something extra special for you that won't be part of the talk radio show but is a what we'd call a brand extension john would you like to explain absolutely we've got the driven chat podcast which is all very new to all of us uh, so we're finding our feet slightly but i'm fairly excited by it there'll be as Andy says, a, a bit more of a, a geeky chit-chat when it comes to cars, but nothing too, uh, you know, off-the-chart geekiness. It's it's for people, as you say, if you've got an interest in cars, then you're probably going to enjoy it. And if you've got an interest in adventuring and driving and seeing more of the world in the driver's seat, it's, you know, potentially going to be something you're going to enjoy. So maybe give it a go. We'll also be um, playing you a little bit more from the celebrities on the on the podcast when appropriate and several of the celebrities that, that we talk to um, each week actually also have a passion or interest in cars and we will be playing their passion and interest in cars mostly in the podcast rather than on the lead radio show. Is, I think that's as clear as mud, isn't it? Is everyone, everyone with us? <laughs> I think so. You're going to enjoy it. That's what I, I promise you that. It's going to be great. Wow. And we'll take requests. Hey, hey. <laughs> well, John, why don't you explain how people can get in touch with us? Absolutely. Yeah, we, uh, as you would expect, we are across across the board on all social media channels. So just simply search Driven Chat. Not sure how on earth we got that handle, but wow, we did. Uh, Driven Chat, find us on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, we have our own Facebook page. We'll have our own YouTube channel. Um, and we want you to engage with us. So you know, by all means, tell us you're listening. Tell us where you are. Tell us what you're driving. Um, and as Quirky says, you know, yeah, tell us what you... Tell us what you want to know. If you have you got a question for a, a, the, one of the Britain's finest motoring journalists, well, Quirky's going to answer you. <laughs> Do you want to know how to take the most fantastic photo of your car? Amy Shaw's here. You know, send us a message. Get in contact with us. It'd be really interesting to see what you, as a listener, would like to know about within the uh, within the industry with four quite different brains. And if you have any lube-based questions, they're all for John Markar, <laughs> <laughs> specifically for lubricating CV joints on classic cars. 
There you go, you see. Quantified it like a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thank you, John. So, of course, this is Driven on Talk Radio, and one of the things that we like to ask the celebrities, and we're going to be doing more and more of this as the weeks go by, is what their dream road trip is. Now, you'll have seen some of these on drivenchat.com because we're making videos about them with certain celebrities, and actually in the next few weeks you'll be introduced to our crazy supercar that turns into a, a TV studio, which is just I mean, bonkers, and I, I love it, but also it's bonkers. So we'll be doing quite a few videos about that. So we thought it would be quite fun as a, as a team to work out our dream road trip. Now, the rules for this are very simple. What would you drive in? Where would you drive? And who would be your superstar passengers? Now, they can be alive or dead, real or fantasy. So... I'm not going to choose the car or the drive because I never want to pretend that I'm some kind of automotive expert. I just really love cars and I've driven a lot of them. But experts, that's what I'm surrounded with. <laughs> so experts should choose the car and the drive. And I'll chip in with some celebrity assistance once you've all chosen. I think each one of us should choose a celebrity and I'll just, like, say Yoda or something. So, <laughs> so who wants to go first? What should we be driving on our, on our superstar ultimate drive? Are we all in the same car? Yeah, I think I think this is one virtual car. Right. So I can't have like a pickup where like I know John and myself can be at the front and I can shove you two in the back, anything like that. Yeah, you I suppose you could do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you want I a mean, bale of hay or something. If that's if that's your ultimate Okay, all right, let's make it well, easier then. Each of you gets to choose one car. Right. How about that? That's okay. that's safer, yep, isn't okay. it? All right. To be fair, we have been in lockdown for like the last three months. So I think anything with four wheels is gonna feel like <laughs> quite an impressive step forward, isn't it, at the moment? So we're gonna have a quite a low base to go with. That's true, that's true. What would you be going for, Quirky? What's your what's your ultimate drive? Oh, put me on the spot. Um, I, I'm actually restoring my old Mini at the moment. Yes, and um, it's a little Rover Mini from like mm -hmm. 1998. Uh, and it's very small, but it still will seat the four of us in it. Um, and it's very easy to fix. Uh, and I think that would be a, an absolute giggle because I don't really want to stop at that many fuel stations at the moment still because it's a bit of a faff. So I'd want to fill it up and just go for a little bit of a bomb down, down a B road. That's all I'm expecting for the time being. Brilliant. So your, your dream drive right now, mini down a B road. Lovely. Yes. Amy, what are, you, what are you going for? Well, you've kind of stolen my thunder there because the you know, mini is, is, I'm a mini lover by heart. And uh, I don't know, I think I'd also go with your lead on classic car actually because I like the idea that if you are stuck on the side of the road, you could probably fix whatever classic car with, I don't know, a washing machine bearing and a spanner or something like that. So, um, yeah, if I didn't, if I couldn't have a Mini, I probably would actually go for a Land Rover because even though they're probably broken or something on them is broken all the time, they'll never leave you really, really stuck. And, yeah, I think that would be uh, something I'd go for because then you can kind of do a bit of off-roading, but it also will sit on the motorway if you want it to. I'm loving this approach. Okay, so it's so good to have automotive brains ask, ask, <laughs> answering this question because the celebrities, by and large, that, that I've asked this question to over the years very much kind of go, okay, I'll have a Ferrari or, <laughs> you know, I'll have a top-of-the-range Lamborghini Urus if they have heard of an Urus or whatever it might be. You know, it's just kind of, it's expensive and fast and it has a nice seat. Whereas you guys are, well, you can fix it with washing machine bearings. So that would be my perfect car. <laughs> and this is, this is why we need Markov. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to ruin everything by going, I, I do actually want to be driving a Ferrari. <laughs> but I'm, I too, I'm going classic car. The, the charm of driving a classic car, the best thing about driving classic cars, as, as you probably both know, is that they break. And whilst to a lot of people listening, they'd be going, what? Why, why on earth would you want that? When you're on a road trip in a classic car, or, or let's 
let's soften it slightly. Let's not say brake. A car that needs a brake. Classic cars, every so often they get a bit hot, they get a bit tired, and they are quite exhausting to drive, so you do need to stop from time to time. And I think one of the best things about driving on a road trip is having that necessity to actually stop from time to time. So you can actually see where you are. How many times have you stopped due to inconvenience on a road trip where you've got to the side of a road in some beautiful part of you know, Italy that you've never been to before and looked around and gone, oh, hang on a minute, this is actually beautiful. Like, this is absolutely beautiful. So that's the goal for me. I mean, I'm going to go... You've given me fantasy rules here, so I'm going 250 GTO level of... Yes, you are. 30 million pounds worth of car. <laughs> that's what I'm driving on my road trip. When it breaks down, am I going to be upset about it? No, because I'll be looking at the most beautiful car ever made, tinkering with it, making it work again, and carrying on for espresso. Too right, mate. Too right. <laughs> Lovely. Now, excellent. We have to pretend that our car can can hold other than ourselves for mad, crazy fantasy guests. Okay, we've only got a few minutes to figure this out between us, but I said you could have one celebrity each. Usually, you'd be allowed to choose all the passengers, but because of time constrictions and everything else, mm -hmm. I'm only going to let you have one celebrity each, which is much harder than a gaggle of celebrities. Mm. It's so difficult, but I think it will also reveal a fair amount about each of you. So let's start with John Markar. Okay, I, it's a tough one. I think it's essential, especially if I'm, a, if I'm in a classic Ferrari, that it's somebody with at least a, a tolerance of old cars. So it has to be a car person. Um, I'd like some entertaining chat. I'm, a, I'm torn. I'd love the idea of either Steve Coogan or Rowan Atkinson just because of fantastic comedy brains and two hardcore petrol heads. I'm going to go Coogan. I think, you know, I think you've made the right choice. Mm. I think you've made the right choice because much as Rowan Atkinson is a legend and Mr Bean's hilarious, we don't actually really ever get much of a glimpse of what he's like as a bloke. I've, I've no, met him true. only once at a racetrack and he was friendly yeah. rather than hugely open. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas I, I get the impression that Steve Coogan, you probably have a bit more of a laugh. I, just, I think so. I think I think you'd have a very good chat with Rowan Atkinson. I, I think yeah. I'd, I'd get myself into all sorts of depths of, of geeky engine codes and matching numbers, you know, conversations with, with him. But, yeah, I think for a, for a long drive, you want to know that you're going to have a real good laugh. And I think Coogan would be... Uh, would be the man for that. He's your man. Amy, who are you choosing as your solo celebrity guest? Well, you know, as, as you were saying, John, classic cars they will probably have a little bit of a tired moment. So uh, I like to call it that adventurous moment where it becomes uh, from a holiday to an adventure. So I think I'd want someone that could keep cool during uh, those moments. So I think I'd go for someone like Stephen Fry, who I think would be incredible to have as a, as a passenger. And also, you know, when things start to get a little bit stressful, will keep their cool and be able to calm me down and just be like, don't worry. I think he's a fascinating man. So yeah, to be able to have some kind of extended periods of time where you just get a chat and um, yeah, I bet he's got some amazing stories as well to tell. I think so. it's a great choice. One of my favourite Stephen Fry facts is that he bought a London taxi. Yeah. He kept, did. Kept it licensed so he could use a taxi lane. That's brilliant. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> he still got it. I don't know. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not close to him. <laughs> but, but, like, just imagine, you know, I, I suppose he has to every now and again take a fare, doesn't he, to, to kind of keep the licence? Yeah, what does it count? Do you have to have one fare a month to be considered an actual working taxi? And who do you... I don't know. I mean, it's blaggable, isn't it? You could, you could kind of go... You could tell your friend, look, I now need to keep, to keep my licence, I need to take you up the road for £5. <laughs> could you imagine And I'll give you the cab? £5. But, yeah, just imagine if he picked you up. <laughs> Okay, Mr. Quirk. Um, I'd go racing driver. Now, oh. I know as a, as a general theme, racing drivers are sort of like charisma vacuums. But 
Uh, Daniel Ricciardo on the yeah, F1 grid. It. Like, he's probably one of the, the very few racing drivers you'd go for a beer with. Have, you, I, have you met him? No. He's a, a wonderful... Oh, look at well, this for a little celebrity just, plan. Just, just, shot with him. I recently shot with him a couple of times, and I, he is a very, very funny man, except he would need to be entertained all the time. He is brilliant, but could be ever so slightly exhausting on a very long road trip. Um, that's just a, uh, an idea. So he needs entertaining. So it, what, is he, he needs like, entertaining. Almost like a small child. Uh, yes, yes. That can drive cars very, very well. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so maybe he can teach me a few driving moves. And then I can keep him entertained some, somehow. But then we will be able to have some good, good beers, good conversation. Because there must be so many amazing stories. Like there's that new Netflix documentary, I don't know if you've seen on, on Formula One, yeah. that shows a really interesting narrative that is, is way more fun than the actual racing. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and he must have some killer stories that he can tell us Well, about. I can tell you, I had the privilege of interviewing him for about an hour my talk sports show uh, just at the very start of lockdown and not only was he the man that put me onto Tiger King which was quite interesting because <laughs> he was absolutely obsessed with Tiger oh, King. Oh that's how time. you're modeling your hair. It's oh, what, it's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carol Baskin who now has the she now has the sanctuary doesn't she? Um, but no I, I found him really really good company and lots of fun um, and it was very playful and I asked him this question and I, I can only remember the car he chose because he chose the car from Dumb and Dumber you remember the dog? The, the dog is. Yes. Yeah. That, that would be his sense. dream road trip car. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> See, I like him already. Yeah. He's brilliant. So it's a good choice. Okay, so we're driving either a, what was it, a 250 GT yep. uh, or, or a Mini or what was what was yours, Amy? It was a Landry. A Landy, thank you very much. Uh, and we've got Steve Coogan, Stephen Fry and Danny Ricardo. That's pretty cool. And we're heading down a B road into all kinds of glory. Listen, um, thank you very much for your company today. I really appreciate it. I'd love you, the dear listener, to hear more from us over on the Driven Chat podcast. Uh, we're going to get down and dirty with a bunch of things. I've been driving a Renault Alpine this week, uh, and John's been in a Ferrari 488, and Amy has been in a Mustang. So I reckon we'll be having a bit of a chinwag about that, <laughs> amongst other things. This has been the first ever Driven on Talk Radio. We're back every week, Saturday at 4 o'clock and Sunday at 7. Driven with Andy J on Talk Radio in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com.